Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode 108 with me, Emily Osborne. Taking over. Taking over. Hijack the podcast. Alice is here as well. Yeah, we're both involved. I wonder if people can tell our voices apart really easily. Yeah. Do you reckon so? Mm Mm-hmm. I always get confused when I listen. Like, the high-low, my favourite murder. I, I, I struggled when I first started listening to them to understand the difference. And also, then, when you see a picture of them, did you think the voice was with the other person? You got them the wrong way around? Well, I'd listened to Dolly's podcast before, so I already knew that that was Dolly's voice. But Why did my, you think it was the opposite? Not with the high-low, but I did with My Favourite Murder for a long time. Yeah, I had them the wrong way around. Crazy times. Yeah, man. Just crazy. Mm. Well, hopefully four episodes in to us, people are getting it. I do wonder whether people are tuning in each week and just hoping that maybe this is the week where the Emily and Alice show is over. But here we are. It could be next week, guys. Hang Let's on in there. Let's pray. Hang on in there. (laughs) Good things are coming. This week, we're going to talk about launching. Launches are something that have been a bit of a focus, I think, since we've started working together. Yeah. If people have listened to the episode that we did about your role in working with me and what that's looked like, they can probably piece together that since we've been working together, the business has had more launches and that's something that we work on together. So I thought it might be interesting to just talk a bit more about that. Yeah. Because... It's interesting. So how many launches have we done together? Uh, So we've done the relaunch of this podcast. Yeah. The launch of the online shop. This is not in order, by the way. The launch of the retreat from last year. Mm -hmm. The launch of the six-week thing. And then the launch of the retreat for this year. It's quite a lot in one year, isn't it? Yeah. And And then obviously there's coaching being sold on a kind of ongoing basis between that. And it's changed a lot throughout that year, hasn't it? Yes. It's grown a lot. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about mm. the marketing side of launching, about the kind of mindset and quite emotional side of it. And also just from a practical perspective, I think we've got much better in terms of how we approach launches. Yeah. So be fun to talk about. Let's talk about where a launch begins. So obviously we're going to reference probably more recent experiences because those probably feel like our best launches so far, if that would be true to say. I think so. Thank you. So generally speaking, a launch begins with me having an idea and then coming to you with probably a certain smile on my face and going, um, I think we should do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all kicks off. It's mostly been face-to-face, hasn't it? But I think there's a few voice notes that come in that are... I've had this idea. What do you think? Yeah. And it's probably worth noting, I have a lot of ideas. That's good. Quite a few, but not I don't. <laughs> It's probably worth noting, I'm really creative and I just have so many ideas. No, I guess what I mean more of is that I probably send you quite a few random voice notes of like, oh, here's a thing we could do. But there's probably a difference between when I'm like, so here's something we are doing. Yeah. And uh, let's just explore this a bit and see. But I'm definitely a once I've got something in my head and I want to do it. I want to run with it kind of person. So I kind of know the second I mention something to you, then it's, it's happening. happening. Mm. Yeah. Because I'll come to you with a idea and obviously a concept of what that might look like. And then you'll kind of get involved to help develop it and almost ask some questions, almost like probe at it a bit to kind of check yeah, it. Yeah, I think I means test things a bit in mm-hmm. terms of I'll be like, Alice, why do you want to do this? What do you want to achieve with this? Yeah. Do we have the money to do this? Yes. Like, here's a good example. It's not really a launch, but it's a, I guess launches are just ideas, right? Things you want to bring to life. 
um, something I wanted to bring to life, which is still going to happen, was an event for the podcast. Yeah. And when I ran you through, like it got quite far as yeah. a project. It kind of got made into a project and some work was done towards it. But when it came to the numbers of it and how much it was going to cost, you were so fundamental in just being like, let's just check why we're doing this. And when we checked it out, I was like, oh yeah, it's actually not the best fit. So having you kind of be able to step in is super mm. helpful. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, that's not about me trying to be a buzzkill no. or anything like that. It, I was just asking from a point of view of if we didn't spend that money on that event, mm. what else could it go towards? Or what are we trying to get from this event? Are we trying to grow our following or are we just doing something for fun which is absolutely fine of course like we need to celebrate all of our successes as well yeah but it was the time and the money and the resources that were going into it yeah were we getting the output that we wanted yes and that's actually a very similar process we both go through when we think about a new idea so the six week thing is probably a good example where i i think i had the idea on like in a nando's queue on like a wednesday night or something yeah and we had an all-day like monthly check-in on that Friday and before the Friday I'd kind of like fleshed it out in my head and kind of asked myself the questions of like does this fit in with my current offerings does it feel like this kind of fills a gap do people actually want this and then when I brought it to you it was really helpful almost once I'd probably answered the questions that I could answer to then be like okay let's really figure out what this would look like because I think a lot of the time with ideas, you don't really know if something's a good idea or not until you kind of run with it to the point where you can see it. Yeah, it's And true. you've kind of got to get it to a place where it becomes a project to then be like, okay, is this doable? Mm. Does this line up with what we want? Great. Or not great. Let's do it. Or let's not. So then usually we'll be sat somewhere in my office space in London and I'll kind of speak out loud and you'll use Asana yep. to kind of create a project for this launch Mm -hmm. so we have our boards on asana and we'll break everything down into what is future planning what can we do now or what needs to happen first Mm -hmm. budget considerations maybe other people that we need to reach out to and we just make it quite visual in what happens when in what and what is the workflow of that yeah and then we'll assign it to me or to you so we both are really clear about what bits we're owning and we're managing and then we use asana to kind of keep in contact with each other as well don't we so we don't constantly email back and forth i don't think we ever email each other apart from to forward each other things yeah we don't back and forth email like if i want to check in on something you're doing i'll probably go to asana or to our share note and vice versa Mm. yeah so once and this is probably worth saying once we've decided it's going ahead we then use asana to manage that launch yeah so sometimes that's a really long timeline like with the retreat that's something that we're going to use and actually we often use both for the launch and for the project itself so it kind of evolves as the thing moves along um but we always use it just as a huge to-do list yeah so at that very first session we'll just kind of brain dump okay if we're going to bring this thing to life say we're going to bring the retreat to life what's all of the things that we'd have to do to get it to a place where it's launched and by being launched I just mean it's out in the world people can buy tickets to it and then like you said I think just because of our dynamic which we touched on more in the episode we did about our work together I think even as we're writing that list we kind of know like oh that's your stuff that's my stuff yeah and then like you said yeah we'll assign it we'll put dates on it and then it's kind of leaves us in a place where we don't have to always be checking in but we Mm. both know things are moving forward yeah 
because a lot of the time in the business there's a lot of different things going on at once yeah like with the retreat launch that was most recent we had seven days of Q&A on the podcast an episode every single day we had the podcast's birthday coming up had a ton of tech issues going on finishing up the six-week thing coaching at full capacity and figuring out this launch and I, I think if we were having to be quite reliant on each other and always be checking in and chatting and kind of going through that list we wouldn't have made it happen but because we'd put it onto a signer and we could both just hop in and just go okay I've got 20 minutes what can I do it kept it moving despite there being 20 other things yeah and I think as well on that note it's that my priorities are different to your priorities yeah and that which is helpful yeah Mm. because you're often in the kind of okay how are we gonna do that yeah so I'll say like oh I'd really love to send everyone out a welcome pack but I'm very good at having an idea and then just being distracted by something that feels more important. Whereas you'll grab that and be like, okay, cool. And you do something, I don't know what, to make sure that it still remains a priority, Mm. which is great. So then one of the things that's obviously mapped out at that stage is what the marketing is going to look like. So a big part of that initial stage of planning, whilst yes, we talk about the kind of practical and the money stuff and the timing, is to then figure out the launch and marketing wise how we're going to do that I would say for us this is probably the biggest thing that has shifted over time and I think I have really found my foot with and gained confidence in and I do think we've almost got to a place where we have a bit of a copy and paste when it comes to launching stuff yeah where we kind of know we know what works we know what works we've just got to kind of plug in the gaps of what that launch is and I think for me a lot of that has come down to realizing that actually launching marketing wise should be really simple yeah like I think the connotation when you're like oh I've got a launch is like crap Mm. I'm going to have to do loads of things that I've never done before. And it's really technical and really shiny. Throw everything at it. Yeah. And it just feels quite intimidating. But I think actually when it comes to marketing in a launch, it's just about speaking number one louder and number one clearer. So you're speaking, you know, with more volume. So on all of your platforms, you're sharing more. And then you're just speaking with more clarity and intention. So instead of talking about five different things across your Instagram, you're keeping it way more focused to just speaking about this launch. And I think by seeing it that way, I've kind of taken away that pressure of like, it needs to be perfect. Mm. And instead of just being like, oh, okay, a launch is just about getting people to a place where they want it. Great, how do I do that? So generally on that day where we do the initial brainstorming, I will just say out loud and you'll kind of sit and write, which is the most perfect combination ever, all of the things that we could say about it. So for example, like with the retreat, we were listing out things like, getting attendees to talk about their experience, talking about the venue, talking about the creative workshops, introducing Sophie, talking about the team. It's really just asking the question of like, what are all of the things I could say Mm -hmm. about this thing? And then I guess just thinking, okay, well, where do I want to say all those things? And how am I going to say those things? And it sounds simple, but I think it's meant to be simple. I think it is meant to be simple. Yeah. But I think there's an idea that it needs to have a I don't know video and yeah a huge Facebook ad need, campaign yeah right and if asking that question of what a you know what do I need to tell people to make them want this doesn't feel like it has a clear answer that's probably not a problem with the marketing it's probably a problem with what you're launching because with everything you know there should be one thing that you really want to drill home drill home on I should say so I think it's just thinking about how do you keep saying that in loads of different ways because 
really, when you think about it, you're just trying to say to people, this thing is relevant for you. You want it, here you go. But there's a lot that sits within that and a lot of ways that you can do that and information that people want to get to that place. So I think just starting by being like, what's all the things I can say? And then getting ahead of yourself by getting it into a plan stops the whole like, oh my gosh, launching feels awful. I've spoken too loud. I've spoken too much. I'm going to stop talking kind of thing. Because that's definitely a weakness that I think actually you recognized in me before I realized, but it's very true. Yeah, I think you had some, I'm not going to say shyness, but you felt that you needed to apologize Mm. for saying, sorry, I'm still talking about this. Yeah. But of course you're going to be talking about it. You want people to join and invest and come along with us. So you need to tell them about it. Mm. And I think even shifting your perspective from like, oh, I'm trying to sell something to people to just, I'm giving them an opportunity. It's an option, yeah. Yeah, and if they don't want it, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But you've got to tell them about it for them to, to want them, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. And I think as well, just leading with the excitement has been important too. I think it felt like with the six-week thing launch, that was the first time it felt really fun from our end. I say from our end, I mean, obviously the marketing's no, me. It was, but it was fun, but I think it was really fun because we both really believed in it Mm. and when you told me that idea and we've spoken about this previously but there was a relief from me that you'd come to the idea because it was something that you'd been working towards for quite a while I didn't have any ideas (laughs) um so when you told me I was like yes this is it this is exactly what we were trying to land on yeah and letting people in on that is really powerful so even kind of seeing you know, there being stages to launching. So there's mm. kind of like pre-launch, during launch and post-launch. You know, pre, it's really just about getting people excited and building that anticipation. Because ultimately, if you're about to offer them something that's going to give them some kind of a solution or some kind of value, you want to get them excited about that. You know, it's yeah. not about like annoying people no. or hyping people, but actually just if you're really buzzing about it, share that and let them in. Like with the six week thing and the retreat, it was just a lot of me being like, I actually can't wait for this date mm. because I really believe in it. So maybe that's the first thing. It's like, yeah, to launch it well and market it well, you've got to love it yourself. Yeah, be excited about it, mm. genuinely. Don't be afraid to share that. Yeah. And then the kind of during launch is probably where that kind of checklist comes into play of what's all of the things that I could say and need to say and where could I say them? I'm kind of doing that plan. And that's probably now where we've got quite a good structure in place, where we know we've got the podcast, we've got the midweek, we've got Instagram, we've got stories, we've got video, and we kind of know what works best on all of those places. Yes. Like now that together. we've gone through a few launches, we have the benefit of being able to look back. Mm-hmm. And I, with the six week thing, I tracked those sales quite closely because I wanted to try and find any trends that we could or yeah. anything we noticed that we're gonna that was gonna help us going forward. Mm. So um, we really looked out for the times that people were joining and just make sure that we were using everything that we had to learn from it and then we could maximize that going forward. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And just allowing yourself to kind of trust your gut yeah. with what to say and how to do it, I think is important. Because I think actually launches, for me, really started working when I just thought, well, what do I want to say? Or what feels natural to tell people? And great, let's go say it. But definitely putting some structure in place to make sure I say it is an important part. Because definitely something that I've noticed in that kind of during launch period 
is that I have a real tendency to just go silent. Like you said, there's that kind of shyness there, I think, of like, I feel like I've spoken too much. I'm being too loud. I'm taking up too much space. No one cares anymore. (laughs) All of the people that have bought on day one are all the people that are interested. No one else even cares. And I just freeze up and say nothing. But if that's the point that's pivotal, I think it's the carrying on like post launch that makes the biggest difference Mm. but it's the hardest time to carry on and I totally understand why that is more challenging because I don't think anyone wants to feel like this pushy salesperson that's really icky like we do so much work to be ourselves Mm. and run our businesses in a way that we can be comfortable that in this sales period of launch that is outside of your comfort zone Mm. But exactly like you said, you are offering someone an opportunity. They can take it or they can say, no, thanks. Not yeah. right now. Yeah. But a lot of the time, just of what we know about marketing, you've got to say something enough times for that to become something that people want. Yeah. You know, the six week thing, we had, I don't know how many it was, like 20, 30% of the tickets went on the first day. The first day was our best day. Yeah. So yes. the first day was the best day. And then often, and this is what we've noticed with launches, there's like a tiny bit of a lull because there's still people sat there interested, Mm. but those people are the ones that need a bit more convincing. Yeah, so you making the mind up. Yeah, so you still showing up and talking about it and building excitement and anticipation and whatever else and saying the things you need to say is so important at that point. And I've definitely learned from what you've kind of prompted in me to get ahead of myself with that. So pre-recording a lot of launch content or just having a plan that I can't ignore yeah. so that once those emotions kick in, which they always do, I'm not letting that change me. Mm. I'm just like, okay, it's fine, but I know that I'm still going to keep showing up. Yeah, I think that was a really good thing that we did, um, that you pre-recorded um, content to go out during the launch because number one, you were working with clients all day mm. are you really gonna like pop on in between yeah, courses yeah. And say hey by the way da, da, da. And that's true for every launch really yeah so you're not gonna communicate everything that you want to say in those moments because it's just trying to snatch a few minutes mm. so yeah I think that was key and also it was I found it quite funny that you were like it's Alice from the past again <laughs> she's back yeah but she's again you were just transparent about it you gotta do what you gotta do to get ahead of yourself and touching on the kind of emotional side of launch I guess kind of post-launch it's something that surprises me every single time is how weird launching is when you're a very digital business I think it's very hard to know going into a launch what to expect so you don't really set any goals unless it's a launch that you've done before and you kind of know your feet with it but because of that you still have these weird expectations Mm. that if they don't get met you feel weirdly devastated by yeah and it's quite hard to go into it being like I think it's going to go great and I want to have this really positive mindset but I also kind of want to protect myself because I have no clue how this is going to go that's weird and just to say like we don't actually put any numbers on it so we never set ourselves any targets we put maximums yeah but we've never said to each other day one let's hope we get five sign-ups or whatever it might be We've never put that on ourselves and mm. I don't think we would. I think maybe in, internally we probably yeah. have ideas of how we would like it to go. I would agree. Never communicate that to each other because what's the point? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm never going to be like, oh, Alice, we got five and I wanted ten. Yeah. You know? What's the point? Yeah. It's still amazing. Like when we did the six-week thing, I was like, I can't believe however many people 
actually want to do this yeah it's mad right yeah and i do think say with that next six week thing launch when we do that launch again selling when you're service-based we probably will have some kind of not goals but i guess expectations based off of how it went before but i do think it's important when you're going into a launch that's completely new to Mm. just kind of let it be what it is yeah because you don't know no and you've got to kind of keep i think consistency is so important because you've kind of got to try it to figure it out you can't just put it live and go okay everyone that was interested bought it Mm. although that's what you always think you've got to trust there's still people there and every time that I've kept pushing past that first day more people have come through that I wasn't expecting or Mm. I didn't know were interested because I've just had to keep pushing at it keep pushing yeah Yeah. so on the emotional side what's what what kind of process do you go through if you know you're launching 10am in the morning Mm. what's the night before like um it's obviously a bit different every launch like six week thing was a I'm so excited about this because I feel like it's a perfect fit for the business but because of that if this doesn't work I don't know how my business evolves that's true we could have got it really wrong yeah the six week thing felt like a really scary launch because I was like if this works the business completely shifts and if it doesn't I don't know how the business could ever shift if that makes sense yeah because that felt like the thing that was going to help the business grow help me to impact more people, help me to be more accessible. So that was more the emotion going into that. And I think the kind of night before it's, it's trying to, in a way, because you're showing up online saying you're so excited and you want to get other people excited, you kind of get yourself in that zone and it's quite helpful. But then post it going live, it is just that quite underwhelming, like sat with your emails open. Cool. So here we go moment. And then even though you don't set yourself goals, you have weird standards in your head. Like even the retreat launch we just had, which was an incredible success. Day one, I desperately wanted five tickets to go and four went. And I ended the day like, this is an absolute failure rather than being like half the tickets have gone. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, see, I was the opposite. Really? Day one, I thought we had such a strong day yeah. one. I just think it, it's really hard to get rid of your own of course yeah. like expectations even when you tell yourself they're unrealistic you still kind of have them sat there and I think that's what's hard about launching is that post-launch you're so reliant on other people's behavior yeah. to feel good which I think is something to work on you know we haven't recently had a launch that hasn't gone well I don't know how I would handle that yeah it's a weird one you know what that's going to be as well it's going to be one of those situations where you learn more from it going wrong always is well we have like the best comparison of launch completely flopped learn a lot did it again with the retreat that was launched last year so off the back of the first ever retreat in may 2019 i was so excited about it i was like loads of people are asking about the next one great let's capture the energy right now as you're like first week working with me yeah so you're like in at the deep end with the madness turned around this launch got it launched put it out to the world went silent nothing like within I don't actually remember the numbers I think we only had kind of what three or four tickets go and we were a couple of months away from it happening yeah yeah so made the call at that point not to do it mm-hmm. purely just because of the risk on team and cash flow and kind of logistics and then had a good few months of you being like so when are we gonna launch another retreat like people are asking when's it happening and me just being like shut up there was about a f- this retreat you didn't want to talk about it for a little bit 
Which is totally Didn't want to talk about it is a kind understatement. You would go to bring it up, I would know exactly what you're about to bring up, and I would just shut shut down. But was that because you felt like the previous launch didn't go well? Or, like, where did that come from? Because I think that's how, in the end, we moved past it. Yes. In that I always said, okay, Alice, we need to figure out what yeah. this resistance is. I think it was that I didn't know what it was that didn't work. So yeah. until we had the six-week thing launch go well, and I was like, oh, I do know how to launch. And actually, how I launched the six-week thing is very different to how I did that retreat. I think I didn't understand what had gone wrong. So I thought if I do it again, I'm just going to have the same outcome, which was a lot of disappointment, sadness, shame, whatever else. Looking back, I can tell you 25 things that were wrong with that launch, like the timing for my business. I didn't market it well. I went completely silent. I didn't really think about, you know, I think I just thought, yeah, people are interested. That's enough. And didn't realize I had a role to play in marketing it. Because also you had the first retreat. So it was like you had that evidence that it's good and it works. Mm. So I don't know if this is wrong to say, was it almost an assumption that you didn't need to give it as yeah. much energy? Yeah. And I had him? over 100 people on a wait list yeah. who were interested. And I thought that is all the evidence I need. Over 100 people are interested. There's 12 tickets. They're going to go in 10 minutes. And I remember hitting live and day one, no tickets going. And just, I felt quite numb from, like I'm quite good at detaching myself from things when I know I'll get upset if I really realize it. So I think I was pretty good at just saying to other people like, yeah, yeah, it's going well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still some left going well. But just from an outward perspective, went completely silent, didn't market it. And I think just felt quite burnt by it. Because it's quite mm. like, you feel quite upset when something yeah, doesn't work out. Yeah, how would you out. not feel like that as a personal... Mm. You can't not take that on as a personal failing. Yeah. I don't think you failed. Thanks. Well, I think it was like a... It's like Elizabeth Day says, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. if a failure is a positive thing. Yeah, but if we compare that to how you launched the retreat this time, yeah. it's night and day. And yeah. I said to you this time, if this doesn't work, you know you gave this everything. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of you every time I saw your stories. I was Aww. like, she's gone again. Thanks, like, Sam. Because I knew that it would be easy for you to kind of tiptoe into it and say, I'm yeah. just going to give this a go. Like, sorry, I'm here. But, but you just... You're like, no, this is what it is. Yeah. This is the situation. If you guys want to do it, I will make it happen. If you don't want to do it, we'll all do something else. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. No, I think that was kind of the attitude we went into it with. And it was helpful having you there. Because I don't think I would have shifted that mindset if I didn't have someone else to kind of help recognize what, not what was wrong, but what needed to change for it to go right. Because I think we did get to the point of like, when I suddenly turned around to you and went, and we're now going to do the retreat. And you're like, yes, like finally. She's and I knew you were into around. it because you were like, we're doing it next week. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I knew you then had that like passion for it. Because it was now. It was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, it's one of those things where you're just like, you care about it so much that before my attitude was, I care about it so much. So I'm going to completely detach myself from it. If it goes wrong, I don't feel that upset by it because I've not got too excited about it. Yeah. But I kind of, tried to own that with this launch of like I care so much about this and I'm gonna let that be what drives me and the launch is only gonna go well if I put everything into it but putting everything into it also risks me getting really upset if it doesn't work but that's the risk that's the risk yeah Yeah. and I remember I just kept reminding myself what you'd said of like if it doesn't work you've done everything yeah and that's the that's the the worst case scenario is we leave with that understanding and that to me is worth it yeah man yeah it's been a roller coaster though like you've seen the launches 
Yeah, and evolve. I feel I feel for you when we're doing it because when we're launching something, it is personal to you, it is close to you. How can you how can it not be? Mm. You know, touch wood, it's been really great. I'm sure we will have one that's not so great, but yeah, yeah. you know, do you want to give it a go or not give it a go? It's like Yeah. How much do if you, you don't try, you don't know. Yeah. But I think learning that there is a way of launching that kind of feels good. Yes. Um, Sorry, that's better advice than me just saying give it a go. No, no, no. No, but I just want to say with that, because I think a lot of people have really negative relationships with the launching because they think they need to sell really hard or do sales funnels or Facebook ads or like we said, go really shiny with it. Like launching successfully can feel really great for you. You've just got to know that like the things you can't avoid with launching is showing up, taking up space, being consistent and being loud. Like you, that that is launching. But the way that you do that and what you do that with is totally up to you. And it's fun. It's a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. I'd say it's worth it. I don't think I would want the whole business to be reliant on launches. No. I'm really glad the coaching is a more chilled out income stream. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do that process kind of on rotation. No. It's quite exhausting. It is, it is quite exhausting. Yeah. Even from my side, I'll be refreshing Squarespace and being excited or mm. maybe even being a little bit disappointed when... Well, it's even worse for you because you have no control. Like, you can do yeah. all the practical stuff and encourage me. But if, like, like with the six-week thing launch, I went quiet towards the end of it because I just knew those final five tickets would happy. go. You were But done. you were like, excuse me, can we... Excuse me, like, why no. are we stopping? Yeah, you were completely happy with... I think two or three days in you were like foot off the gas completely yeah and then I'm over here going Alice keep going come on <laughs> I and you're like no no I'm happy and I'm like happy is good happy's great <laughs> should we keep do going <laughs> should we do a little bit more with that um and I think it helps as well that we've got we know how we do launches now so they don't feel as crazy yeah. like I think back to the retreat and the shop launch and those were madness. Do you remember we did a really intense day working? We phoned each other every 20 minutes. Yeah, it was awful. Just making things, getting it up. Yeah. Copywriting, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think now, again, how we worked for that launch, it's not sustainable. No. What we do now, I think, is sustainable. And we'll obviously continue to, like, refine it and learn and make it better. Mm. But where we are now, we don't overwhelm ourselves with these launches no it's like if it's gonna have more negative effect than not we just don't do it yeah or we do it later yeah but i think we kind of we know where we're at with it we know what it takes but we also know what we get from it and yeah we make it happen yeah it's good stuff yeah yeah i think just know that launching is emotional and that's okay and putting your emotions into it is probably what's going to make it successful but also putting your emotions into it is what makes it feel risky and terrifying. Mm. The two come hand in hand. But ultimately, you made a great point of like, if you love it and if you really believe in it, that like that's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what's going to come across. Yeah. How about any, um, from a financial standpoint, do you get the fear from, Ooh, from that? Question. Or is it more of an emotional? No, I think, I don't know. I just think I've, always proven to myself in the business that like money figures itself out like not in a arrogant or like I'm detached from it kind of way but I I guess probably because I've got the coaching which is non-launch focused to kind of somewhat sustain things 
launches don't feel as pressured financially. But I do think that will shift because we're obviously moving from a model which is primarily coaching and some launches to more 50-50. Um, so I do think there'll probably be a bit more pressure on the financial side of it in the long run. But for now, it feels all right. Especially like the retreat launch doesn't make any money. So Love those profit margins. <laughs> don't we love it? Um, yeah, anything from you? I think it's just another example of how I'm better in this role and you're better in that yeah. role because we would not like it the other way around. If we were sat down and you were saying things out loud and getting me to turn it into spreadsheets and timelines and to-do lists, I would just be like, I don't give a fuck, stop, no. Absolutely, why are we doing this? We're in our <laughs> right spaces. Yes. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Cool, that was a fun chat. Thank you for having me. <laughs> for the fourth week running thank you for inviting me back every week anytime i've got absolutely no choice here we are we're gonna go to the beach and watch the sunset (laughs) 